1: Last spring, you chose hard-working seed, but did it work as hard as you did? At NK Seeds, we know that all the time, all the effort comes down to this. All that matters now is yield and how the seed performed on your acre. Because you can't fake performance. And bushels don't lie. Local results coming soon. Visit nkseeds.com harvest. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Bronco's Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, and we're live,
2: but we got to let the screen breathe just for a few seconds because we need five beautiful green check marks letting us know Facebook is connected. And we are good. Welcome in. Everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast, presented as always by Mile High Huddle and powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me as always, my partner in crime, my fellow football priest. You know him. You love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, when last we left our phenomenal audience, things were looking grim for Drew Locke and the Broncos. But all I can say as we kick off the gut reaction, Drew Locke won, Justin Herbert zero. Let them – Hey,
3: this is <laughs> why you don't give up on a young quarterback after nine career starts. This is something that Drew Locke delivered on that Pax Lynch couldn't do, Case Keenum couldn't do, Joe Flacco couldn't do, Brandon Allen couldn't do. This is what Locke brings to the table. Does it make up for all the rest of the games? No. Was it a perfect game? No. But this is the power of a potential franchise quarterback. This was a completely different team in the second half, Chad. Completely different. The play calling was more imaginative. And, oh my God, when you work the middle of the field, look what happens, Chad. What a wild concept. So, again, this is the potential we thought we were getting in the Broncos. This was the magic we thought we were getting with Drew Locke. And when they let him play, it's a shame it took to the fourth quarter, but when they let him sling it, good things happen. This is why you do not jump off the Drew Locke bandwagon. And if you did...
2: See ya. We don't want you. Preach. I mean, look, I think Drew Locke still has a long ways to go to win back all of the cachet that he kind of lost over the the preceding quarters of you know, following the injury week two, and then he had five really bad quarters the last quarter of of the Patriots game, all of week seven, and then the first two quarters of, of this game. But I think he's gone a long ways toward winning back a lot of that cachet. But, Zach, he still has a ways to go. And if anything, what the second half taught us, okay, is that there are things that this coaching staff can do schematically to help him win back all of that cachet. So much of this comes down to the X's and the O's. I mean, it really does it's as much as it is about the Jimmies and the Joes, the X's and O's today. I mean, it had to it had to come through. And I think one thing, Zach, that helped Drew Locke get into a rhythm and kind of bounce back. Still wasn't perfect in the second half. He did throw that really obvious interception where he just failed to look off the safety, stared down his guy, and got picked off. But the fact that the Broncos had no choice but to come out swinging Zach in the second half, after, especially after the Chargers got a touchdown on their ensuing possession, that freedom, that, that hurry up, that you know, no huddle at times I think really did free up Drew Locke. Yeah,
3: sometimes, for whatever reason, I think it's psychological or mental, when a team gets down late in the game, they start playing a lot looser. They start playing with nothing to lose, and the Broncos were very tight in the first half. Locke looks skittish, scared, less than a rookie quarterback, like he's playing his first football game ever. This was a different Locke in the second half, because they played with their big boy pants on, they played with nothing to lose, and we said that, Chad, on our halftime stream, we say, okay, let's see what happens now, they can cut it loose, uh, throw the kitchen sink out there, they got their playmaker's more involved. They work the middle of the field, and good things happen when you give Locke time and let him complete high percentage passes. This was a statement win by Drew Locke that can springboard Denver
2: to a potential playoff run. A massive, massive victory. It was definitely a gut check moment. And for all of the imperfections that you still saw from Locke and the offense in the second half, Zach, this was a gut check game, right? This was a pivotal moment if they were going to even take a step towards saving their season. And then it, it became even more of a gut check and even more of an emotional obstacle he, entering half, you know, three points, 65 total yards of offense. Justin Herbert, two consecutive scoring drives. And then he scores on, in, on his first drive in the third quarter. It became even more of an emotional barrier, an emotional obstacle, a true gut check. And what should encourage fans the very most is as much as it was still imperfect, as far as a full body of work from Drew Locke. And even in the second half, the fact that he and his teammates, alongside that coaching staff, Zach, that they were able to rally, that should tell you a lot about the the cashews on this young quarterback and really with this young team. Because this is the type of defining win that gives a young team the belief, you know, look, we can win. We can overcome our footballs. We are as good as this uh, team, the Chargers, who – Everyone has been talking, no one can, you know, they can't stop talking about this Herbert kid. And here we are, we come back, we win it. It took a few, you know, fortunate twists of fate in terms of two penalties on that final possession, but nevertheless, the Broncos got it done. True lock got it done. And that should really encourage Broncos fans because there are still going to be growing pains, Zach, in this final nine games. But now the Broncos have the belief that they can overcome anything. Yeah, and look what the Broncos did. They went toe-to-toe with the
3: Titans in Week 1. They should have beat them. They went toe-to-toe with the Pittsburgh Steelers, questionably should have beaten them. They beat the New England Patriots. The defense played good enough to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. This is not the Jets. This is not the Giants. This is a much better team than people give them credit for. And again, I know we're hype right now. We're all happy about this victory. It doesn't excuse or exonerate anyone. They still have a lot of work to do, and Locke has a lot of growth still, still to come. But what he showed in crunch time, Chad, when the chips are down and it matters most, I want a quarterback who's going to throw touchdowns in the fourth quarter, not the first quarter. I want a quarterback who saves his best for last. And this is what you saw at Locke and bring to the table. We saw it last year. We haven't seen it this year. We finally got the 2019 version of Drew Locke and not the 2020 version. And you know what? Feel free to at me, guys. I am taking Locke over Herbert. Raise your hand if you agree with me. I am dead set on Drew, number three riding with him. Feel free to come at me, criticize
2: me, at me. I'm taking Drew Luck. The super chats are coming in hot and heavy. We're going to get to them all. We're going to do the best we can, but it is so hot and heavy. We're going to start early with Jake Girard jumping in. Thank you, Jake. He says, is this what happens when we don't drop a ball? Wow. Albert O and Fant, new playbook. Yeah, the, the connection that... Drew Locke has, obviously, with with Okuwebuna, Okuwebuna that's the way to say it, uh, is, continues. I mean, it's evident, it's palpable, jumps off the, the screen, so to speak. I'd like to see him get a little bit better chemistry with Noah Fant, the starting tight end. But, yeah, definitely uh, really exciting to see not only Albert O get his first career touchdown, but K.J. Hamler, the game yep. winner. Love it. This was
3: crucial with Tim Patrick out, obviously, Courtney Sutton out, uh, Philip Lindsay coming out of concussion protocol. And by the way, real quick, Philip Lindsay, hashtag RB1, hashtag pay Phil. He is so much of a better running back and a true workhorse for the Broncos. He deserves every penny coming to him. That's a quick aside. Uh, you just love the weapons that, that stood up today, Chad. They rose to the challenge. They rose to the occasion. And that's what happens with no drop passes. That's what happens with better play calling in the second half, a better coach team, and that's what happens. When you let Locke loose and start calling plays that take advantage of his ability, the middle of the
2: field, when you do that, you will find success. Guys, there is so much left to get to in terms of breaking down this game, sharing our reactions, going through your questions, your super chats, your reactions to this game as well. There are still some demons to be exercised, but guys, savor this win. It was a defining victory in the career arc, not only of of Drew Locke, but Pat Shermer, Vic Fangio and Denver. This was a huge, huge win, and we're going to get to all that here in just one second. But first, a few matters of business, gang. Support for the Huddle Up podcast brought to you today by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. You know, Chad, it's, it's a really taboo concept
3: in, in the male community, I would say. Every guy goes through it. You've been through it. I've been through it. Every, every guy commenter right now has gone through it manscaping and shaving those private areas, it's a challenge. You get nicked, you get cut. It's not a fun experience. You get PTSD, you get traumatized. But honestly, with the Manscaped Groomer, um, there's no hassle, there's no fuss, there's no ouchies. It's a completely painless experience. I love it a lot, Chad. I, I-, I use it to my advantage, I feel like. And we all need it. it- its We don't want to say it. We don't want to admit it, but we all use it. We all go back to that. So
2: I love using Manscaped. I use it very often. Got to keep things sharp below the waist. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why... Manscaped redesigned their electric trimmer. The engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest, you know what, trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved. They call it the Lawnmower 3.0. It's a third generation trimmer featuring a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. So when we tell you that this is premium, we mean premium. This battery will last up to 90 minutes, okay? It's also waterproof technology, so you can groom in the shower, dudes. And one of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates the grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. It's also upgraded for what it's worth for you techno guys to 7,000 RPM motor with a quiet stroke technology. And we can't forget also the charging stand. You can show your mower off loud and proud because its intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. So if you're listening to our voice right now, we want you to experience firsthand for yourself, just like us. Trim that junk of yours, get 20% off and free shipping using the code HUDDLE at manscaped.com. Your family jewels will thank you.
3: Yeah, guys, Broncos country, listen up. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HUDDLE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at
2: manscaped.com and use code HUDDLE. Shout out to Manscaped, again, for supporting the Huddle Up podcast. It means a lot to us, and it's a phenomenal product. And we hope our community of dudes, so many of our listeners are dudes, we hope that you guys support the companies that support the Huddle Up podcast. All right, so much more to get to. Real quick, though. Follow the pod on Twitter at HuddleUpPod, also at MileHighHuddle. And we got to give you as well a quick shout-out to our Facebook supporters. Love you. If you're on Facebook, you'd like to become a supporter, just go to the main page, Facebook.com slash MileHighHuddle. Become a supporter. Also, gentle reminder, head on over to the merch store, HuddleUpPod.com. Get your swag on. Get a trucker hat. Get a football priest hat, T-shirt, mug, face mask, hoodie. little something for everybody. It's another way to support what we're doing here at MHH. And if you're not in a position to do those things, it's all good. We're just happy to have you here in the stream with us. We're about to dive deep into some Broncos talk, but any of you, all of you can do these three things, whether you're with us live or listening after the fact on demand, subscribe first and foremost, like this video, like this podcast, and share it out there.
0: Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site
2: for Zach and I to let us know if we're really doing a good job. So if we're doing a good job for you, share this video out there, help us continue to grow and reach new like-minded Broncos fans just like you. This is
1: the Overtime Podcast Network.
2: Broncos country, listen up. Coors Hard Seltzer, it's not your average seltzer because rooted in Coors' long history of sustainability is a brand inspired by a generation that wants to do good in the world with a mission to restore America's rivers. It used to be if you wanted to make an impact, you wanted to make a difference in the world, you'd have to get off your butt. You'd have to go out there and do something. With Coors Hard Seltzer, they're making it all the easier to make that impact. And the way they're doing it is by launching the world's easiest volunteer program. Whatever you're doing, by simply cracking open a can of Coors Hard Seltzer, you're volunteering because our waterways are at risk. 80% of America's rivers are drying up. But through a partnership with Change the Course, Coors Hard Seltzer is helping to protect and restore America's rivers. Each 12-pack of Coors Hard Seltzer, this is how it works, restores 500 gallons of fresh water to U.S. rivers and the communities that depend on them. And the way it shakes out is 1 billion gallons of water restored to 16 river basins across the U.S., including the Colorado River. And that's just year one. Plus, with Coors Hard Seltzer, you get four refreshing flavors, one cool cause, Enjoy naturally-flavored black cherry, mango, lemon-lime, and grapefruit. And the specs are in, gang. Coors Hard Seltzer is 4.5% ABV and only 90 calories. Chad, I know for a fact, watching that Broncos-Chargers game in the first half, I
3: needed a few course Hard Seltzers to get me by. But after that wild comeback victory, I'm celebrating with my course Hard Seltzer in the best possible occasion.
2: So, gang, join the world's easiest volunteer program by simply drinking course Hard Seltzer, You can volunteer to restore America's rivers. You buy Coors Hard Seltzer. You help restore 500 gallons of water into America's rivers. It is that simple. So visit CoorsSeltzer.com to find a Coors Hard Seltzer near you. That's CoorsSeltzer.com. For every 12-pack sold through eight thirty one twenty twenty one, 2021 Coors will purchase services from
3: Change the Course to restore 500 gallons of fresh river water. Details at CoorsSeltzer.com.
2: Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. All right, John, let's see what we got here. We've got quite a few stacked up. Um, let's get Duke, the man. Good to see you, Duke. He says, hey, now, you. appreciate that generosity, my friend. He says, now, if we can do this every game, early will be nice. I applaud you guys. Chad and Zach, be patient. Hey man, Zach, it it got pretty dicey there for a good game and a half stretch and it's not perfect yet, but this is just a good reminder for everybody that, you know, look, fans look across the league. They see Tyler Murray balling out. They've seen Justin Herbert playing well. And even today, Herbert played pretty good. They see other quarterbacks that are young going straight from the box to the field playing well. And I understand the QBN and the impatience, but this is a good example of, Zach, why you got to pump the brakes. You know what?
3: Maybe I'm hype right now because the Broncos won. Maybe I'm hype right now because my Manscaped razor, but I'm not being patient. I'm calling on you guys to eat the crow you made me eat over Garrett Bowles, who, by the way, went back to being Garrett Holtz today, Melvin Gordon and all the rest. Every Locke fan, and I put that in quotes, who jumped off the bandwagon, who denounced him, who criticized him after last week's game – I want you guys to eat the crone. I want you guys to admit he brought the Broncos back, and the Broncos won
2: that game on the strength of his arm. Own up to it. I'm Al Greco jumping in up there north of the 49th parallel. Love you, my friend. Appreciate you. you. He says, "Lock doubters better start believing. Hamilton, who? And Melvin. What a catch, guys. Yeah, I mean, that's, Zach, it's, that's the biggest message coming out of this game, guys, is stop jumping to conclusions. Pump the brakes. It doesn't mean you're not critical. It doesn't mean you don't maintain high expectations for your quarterback and for your team. But this is a young guy. Zach, this was his 10th start, very evident. Plus he's, you know, coming off that shoulder and still getting back into the groove. And more than anything, fans should be encouraged by the fact that Drew Locke, in the face of abject criticism, I mean, Mike Kliss was tweeting that Vic Fangio should consider benching this guy at halftime. What triumph for Drew Locke. And that should be encouraging for, for Broncos
3: country because he has the word that you love to use a lot, and that's metal, Chad. And he has that those intangibles, and I'm not saying he's a franchise quarterback, that term is very cliche, but the fact that he can bounce back from a horrible first half and from a really bad last game and put the Broncos on his back and complete that game-winning drive, hanging in there, Chad, taking the hits, completing the balls that he had to complete, and that last touchdown toss to Hamler, that was a nice move on Locke's part. It was a design rollout. He let Hamler get open. He bought enough time and found him in the end zone. Drew Locke and his 10th start, is growing up right in front of our eyes. It'd be like watching Kyler Murray last year or Lamar Jackson the year before that. This is the young quarterback process. I said it after last week's pod. You're going to have the roller coaster. You're going to go down and you're going to go up. Last week was down. This week was up. It's not his last good game. It won't be his last bad game either, but this is the encouraging aspect is that he doesn't wilt under pressure. He doesn't let a bad performance sink him like a Paxton Lynch. He is so mentally tough through all the circumstances and all the injuries and all the coaching turnover and all the terminology. He's actually improving whether you guys want to admit it or not. And that's what I love to see from a young quarterback. I don't care about the stats so much, Chad. I want to see what he does in certain situations, tangibly
2: and intangibly and, Lock Locke passed a lot of tests tonight. And we'd be lying to you if we didn't acknowledge and admit I mean, those of you that were with us on the halftime show, you, you know this, that we were having our doubts, that we were very concerned. But, man, it would have been so easy for Locke to just stay in that shell, especially when Herbert comes out after halftime and puts another TV on the board. Charger's sitting there at 21-3. It would have been easy to just go into a shell and say, you know what? But he showed that metal, you know, M-E-T-T-L-E. Yeah. Uh, Jet, C-O-13 jumping in. Appreciate you, my Thank dog. You. He says, get your swag on. Lock and feed Lindsay. (laughs) Huddleapod.com. Huddleapod.com, indeed. But, Zach, that is one of the takeaways here, too, is, you know, they didn't make it a focus to get Lindsay involved in the first half. We surmised during the halftime stream that that had to do with them being a little touch and go because of the, you know, concussions coming off of that. But they finally gave him the touches. They fed Phil and reaped the rewards. That 55-yard touchdown, Ron, man, that's what gave the Broncos the spark. I mean, Drew Lock needs to go and buy Philip Lindsay the fattest steak at (laughs) Roots Crisp either tonight or tomorrow night, and the big O-line guys that blocked the way for him. But, Phil, man, tip your cap to him. That is the star in the backfield. That's what he
3: does. And this is what we predicted, Chad. You and I, in the face of a lot of other people who predicted big stats from Melvin Gordon this year, we knew Phillip Lindsay was a spark plug of this offense. And this is what he brings to the table that no one else on the Broncos offense, any player can do. He can house any ball at any point of the field. And when you have him in the game, you are never with not within striking distance. He is by far the Broncos RB1. He needs to be paid. He needs to be taken care of. And I will say this. I'm a huge Lindsay fan enough to say, if it's not with Denver, I hope he gets his big money elsewhere. He is a true through down running back in the NFL, and he is so freaking fun to watch
2: every week. And the good news is the Broncos have Lindsey. He'll be a free agent after this year, but excuse me, a restricted free agent. So they have him under team control this year and he'll hit unrestricted free agency in 2022. If I was another team, I would give a a
3: pickup for him. I I would submit, you know, a second round tender. If they tender him at that level, I don't
2: think it'd be a first round tender. J J Fig Vids jumping in. Appreciate you, my friend. He says, let's go hell of a second half by Locke and Pat Shermer. All wide receivers really stepped up this game. What a huge win. And Melvin Gordon's great catch, extending for the first down. And then he goes on to say it cuts him off. Go Broncos. Uh, Locke is my QB. And that's very well said, Zach, and ties into Dylan W. here. Appreciate you, Dylan, who says, if you jumped off the wagon, we aren't letting you back on. Locke is our guy, Shermer. On the O is the OC moving forward. There's still so many. I love the optimism, and we share your your overall emotion right now in terms of staying supportive, staying not giving up on Log, not fully giving up on Shermer. But just keep in mind, there were so many rough spots in this game. I mean, there's a lot that this team can do to grow and 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 develop. And Zach, again, the second half from the middle of the third quarter on from that defining 55 yard romp by Philip Lindsay on that should show fans what the ceiling is of this team. Well, Chad,
3: when you take into consideration, like I mentioned, they went toe to toe with playoff teams, like the Titans and the Steelers. They beat the Patriots. I mean, they, they played the, the Mahomes and the chiefs toughs. They beat the chargers. They came back and beat a playoff caliber team. What does that say about the Broncos? If they still have room to grow. This isn't even their final form. This is a young team with a lot of mistakes, a lot of injuries, a lot of turnover, and we haven't even seen the best Broncos product on the field yet. By the end of the year and six weeks from now, we will see a more well-oiled machine, but this is a type of victory that can catapult them to success. This is a statement win by Locke and Denver.
2: As imperfect as it was, it very much was a statement win. Mark Langley, excuse me. frog in my throat tonight. Mark Langley jumping in. Superstar. Love you, buddy. Thank you. He says, what's up, my guys? I bandaged my fingers. I have no fingernails left. (laughs) What a game. Now that's what I'm talking about. Ground and pound. Hashtag Drew. Franchise lock. Hashtag huddle up pod. Hashtag football priest. I was telling Zach and John right before we went live here tonight, gang, that tonight was the first time in a few years, honestly, that I actually felt that old, Um, adrenaline during a game. And that final drive, man, I sent off a tweet that said, look, if Drew Locke can get a touchdown on this final drive, he'll earn back a lot of the cachet that he lost with Broncos fans. And I even told my wife as we're sitting here watching, and I said, you know, they need a Tebow-esque, not miracle, but a Tebow-esque, you know, unlikely come from behind series of events. And, Zach, that's exactly what they got. As Ross says here, too, great comeback from Locke and great uh, to replay the defense with the win, but this has to be a catalyst. Get Lindsey signed Zach.
3: Yeah. And I'm not Mark. I agree with your comment and your sentiment Um, as well as drew lock played today. And as big of a fan, I, I, as I am of his, I would still pump the brakes until we see more of consistency before naming him a franchise quarterback. And that is being fair and objective and non-biased, I still think he's not quite there yet, but he grew up a lot today, Chad. I think he answered a lot of questions today, and he responded to the challenge. This is what Drew Locke does. This is the point that we made in the pods before the game. This is why you and I both predicted victories. Every time he faces adversity, he goes down, he comes right back up. It happened last year after the Chiefs game. He won his last two, the Lions and the Raiders game. This is the the metal, the toughness, the intangibles,
2: and the franchise quarterback potential that you're seeing. With your luck? Andrew Morrow, jumping in. Good to see you, my friend. Appreciate you. Thank you. He says, anyone else recall Peyton's first season with us? In the game, we were down 24 points at the half in San Diego. Pepperidge Farms remembers. Hashtag Go Broncos. Hashtag Four Quarters of Football. Hashtag Locke is our Bronco. Our, our QB, excuse me. Hashtag Don't Lose Faith. Hashtag MHH. That's a lot of hashtags, Andrew. <laughs> I love it. Love it, yeah. You know, basking this win because it wasn't looking so good. Broncos country went through the pain and suffering of getting embarrassed by the Chiefs yet again, Zach. But triumph was the order of the day.
3: Yeah, two things here. It's safe to say Drew Locke owns the Chargers. That's one. Number two, guys, the Broncos have more victories than than the Patriots. How crazy is that? Revel in that alone. The Broncos really are not as bad as people think they are. And they're going to win more games than most
2: expect going forward. Tom says, Thank God I watched the second half. Wow. And I bet there were quite a few fans that kind of tuned out and turned away after halftime, especially after that first possession of the Chargers goes for six. And uh, for those of you that hung tough and watched and appreciated the game for what it was, you yeah. were rewarded. Very, very generous super wow. chat from our longtime listener and bona fide superstar in the MHH community, Black Knight 232. Love you, my friend. Thank Appreciate you so it. much. Yes. He says, Hell, it's about time. <laughs> Gang, yeah, I mean, it was imperfect, and Locke did throw that pick in the second half, so his second-half performance wasn't perfect. But, man, be encouraged by what you saw from this team. There's so many other aspects to this that we're going to get to tonight. We still got plenty of time here, Zach, but take encouragement from the fact that he overcame a mountain of adversity, emotional yeah. pressure, getting booed in – in, I know it's only 5,800 fans, but getting booed. You got the main mouthpiece of the team tweeting that the head coach should consider benching him. Lockover came a lot, and that should tell you a lot about what's inside.
3: Yes, absolutely. And you know what? I'm so happy to see Broncos country happy. I'm so happy to see the Broncos deliver an exciting win, and I'm right there with you. I felt I was on the edge of my seat, literally, and I felt excitement. I wasn't let down. I wasn't disappointed. They didn't lose the game. They won in the final seconds, and it was exciting. It was thrilling. This was the Broncos offense we thought we were getting. So I'm so happy for Broncos country. I'm so happy for the Broncos. This is just a start of the things to come. This is just the beginning for a
2: lock in Denver. Kenneth Booker, jumping in. Appreciate that super chat, my friend. Thank you. And, by the way, again, I got to just say the, the generosity that you guys are showing us tonight is phenomenal. It keeps us coming back. It allows us to continue to do this for you each and every day. Appreciate you, Kenneth. Uh, appreciate Black Knight 232, all of you. Yeah. He says, Lindsay's big touchdown saved us. This is Kenneth Booker. The d- uh, defense showed signs of finally giving up. Then Phil took it to the house, and the D woke back up. Loved Locke, never gave up. You've got to love that Locke never did give up, and yes, the turning point in this particular game for the Denver Broncos, Zach, undoubtedly was the Phillip Lindsay 55-yard touchdown, and I do concur that at that point, with three consecutive scoring drives, the Broncos allowed touchdowns to the Chargers. It felt like they were fracturing. It felt like they were giving up the ghost. In fact, that's the verbiage I used to you as we were signing off on our previous stream privately, but they turned the ship around, and that's why you got to feed your stars. you got to get the ball to your studs, and Lindsey is your stud in that backfield. Like Gordon, look, he's not a bad running back. He's good at what he does, and he deserves some credit for helping the Broncos on that final drive, extending on third down and doing what he did. But Zach, Phillip Lindsey is the star of that backfield. Feed the man.
3: Yeah, first of all, Locke was seeing Casper exclusively in the first half. In the second half, he had one of those Ghostbuster, you know, ghost-sucking machines. He was a completely different quarterback. In terms of Lindsey, the reason why that happened, the reason why the team woke up after his touchdown, is because the defense has been begging, not just for weeks, not just for this season, but for years for the offense to step up and take some off their plate. And it finally happened today. This is why I agree with you, and I mentioned this on the halftime stream. They were on the verge of, I don't want to say mutiny, but a locker room split. The defense versus the offense. They were pulling their weight every single week playing championship caliber football and the offense looked like Pee Wee out there. They looked like impossibly bad. Finally, though, someone on the offense gave them a spark. The defense didn't have to do it. Lindsey did it on his own and you
2: saw the momentum flip. That's what happens when he's in the game. That's why he has to be the RB1. And it also is a good reminder, and we're going to grab Malachi here, that football is a team sport. It's the ultimate team sport. And, you know, sometimes it takes... I wouldn't say Philip Lindsay obviously is an unlikely uh, character to spark a turnaround like that, but it takes someone stepping up in a, in a critical moment to kind of give the encouragement and, and momentum back in the hearts of his teammates. And that's exactly what Philip Lindsay did there. Malachi jumping in. Thank you, my friend. He says, Locke played better in the second. Also, I just lost five years off my life. (laughs) What a comeback. And that kind of ties into JP. Good to see you, my friend, fellow drummer, like myself. he says, Thank you for the super chat too. He says, C-L-U-T-C-H. Know what that spells? Drew Locke. So happy we got the dub today. Hope we keep that same energy through the season. Love y'all. Hashtag crazy emotions.
3: Uh, Yeah, it's it's amazing though that the same Broncos fans that were crapping on Drew Locke now became his his hype men. And that's what happens in the NFL. It's for every single fan base. But If you guys have been listening to us the last, I don't know, three, four weeks, you've been warned and cautioned not to give up on a quarterback with less than 10 career starts who has so much more ceiling left to scrape. And you're finally starting to see him
2: scrape that very ceiling. And by the way, we don't know why Mike Kliss tweeted what he did about Fangio and benching, you know, considering pondering the possibility of benching Drew Locke. We don't know where that came from. It could have simply just been him being – You know, that um, dissatisfied with what he was seeing there. But thank goodness Vic Fangio stayed true to his conviction, stuck with his young quarterback, reaped the rewards. And Zach, I don't know what it was. I got a lot of mentions on Twitter. Vic Fangio comes out of the halftime, and he's got a (laughs) bandage across his beak. What the heck happened there? It was like, did someone get in a fistfight? I'm like, I have no idea. I doubt it, obviously. There's no Uh, reason to believe that. But definitely conspicuous. Yeah, the mob boss got
3: into it in the locker room chat in between halves. You know what? It coincides with the Broncos looking much better. We'll, maybe we'll find out as to what happened, but you know, it would be kind of juicy if one of his coaches and him kind of
2: traded blows. i have to find out. All right, John, real quick, I'm going to start going back and grabbing a few of our superstars. It's been so active tonight. Goodness gracious, we are feeling the love. We're feeling the passion from everybody. A Naj jumping. In. Thank you, Naj. Wow. <laughs> Appreciate that generosity, dog. He Thank said, you. brothers, wow. Tremendous comeback. Hopefully a defining moment for a young offense. What a spark from Lindsay and a Hamilton sighting. So proud of Locke's resilience and poise late in that game. Two words that are well chosen and selected there, Naj. Well said. The the resilience and poise Locke showed late in that game. Again, Zach, two additional reasons to just continue your faith in Drew Locke and just know, man, he just still needs time to grow and his yes. coordinator needs time to grow alongside him as, as two guys figuring out what works best for each other and making this scheme work. Yeah, that's a good point, and this
3: might be the start of that, Chad. This is how things materialize. It takes time in the NFL, and this offseason, they had no offseason. They had no preseason. They had a limited training camp. I will say this for Pat Shermer. As much as I have disliked him this season, he called a much, much better game in the second half, and there's no coincidence as to why the Broncos won. If they can keep up that consistency and the Broncos' defense keeps playing that well, they're going to be a force for the rest of the season.
2: All right, guys, we still have so much more to get to here tonight, uh, including from Ryan here. Appreciate that, my friend. He says, is it just me? But I was screaming, why is not? Why is Phil not in the game? Yes, indeed. We were thinking the exact same thing. In fact, I we talked about that. Um, gosh, now I can't remember if it was on Twitter and the game thread at com or in our live stream. But definitely the Broncos waited too long to get Phil involved. But it fortunately wasn't too late by the time. They figured it out. Guys, we still got so much more to get to, but real quick, we also have to tip our cap to another one of our sponsors tonight, sportsbetting.com. Gambling is now legal in the state of Colorado, and what makes sportsbetting.com a no-brainer for sports fans is the fact that they have uh, sharp odds, low juice, hassle-free bonuses with one-time rollover, meaning the bonus money is yours after you bet it one time instead of having to wait five to 30 times to, to reap that bonus money like you do with other sites. Plus, you get 24-7 live customer support. The kicker, though, pay close attention here at sportsbetting.com. You can still get a 100% risk-free week of sports betting up to 1000 bucks, And it's not just one bet, but all of your bets. You play for a week. If your losses exceed your winnings at the end of the week, sportsbetting.com will cover it 100% of the difference up to 1000 bucks. So head on over to sportsbetting.com slash milehighhuddle at sportsbetting.com slash MileHighHuddle capitalize on a risk-free week of sports betting up to $1,000.
1: This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
0: Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site
1: John,
2: I um, if you want to throw up a couple of supers that you have, the stream's jumping it. So we So I'm going to have to go back into the, the settings or the um, analytics on YouTube and pull a few off. But if you have anyone that you want to throw up here, I don't want to miss anyone. Jeff C., Zach, he says, appreciate you, Jeff. He says, these games already uh, are like being at Six Flags. I need a drink. <laughs> Something click for lock in the second half. Earned more time to be the guy. Hashtag. Go Broncos. And for what it's worth, Zach, I don't think the Broncos, seriously, like Mike Kliss floated the idea that Fangio was considering per, or should consider benching uh, Drew Locke. But I just, reading the tonality from John Elway this week, Fangio himself, Pat Shermer, I just don't think that that's was ever really in the cards for the Broncos. They're writing out this season. He's got this season yeah. to really prove what he's got. I need three or four drinks after watching that
3: fourth quarter alone, Chad. It was very exhilarating, and it's true. I mean, like you always say, time on task is the most important thing, and that's really what he's going to benefit. I tweeted this a few days ago, and I said this on the pod. Drew Locke learns by doing. He learns by failing. He learns by throwing picks. That's how he gets better. And, again, there's no coincidence as to why. He looked like a much different quarterback last week versus this week. It just takes time. You're going to go through this process. Trust the process.
2: Paul Jones jumping in with a super chat up there in Canada. Not a name that we recognize on super chat. So thank you, Paul, and welcome. It really does mean a lot. And being north of the border like that, again, it exemplifies the fact that Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. That means it's wherever you are. Thank you, my friend. Chris Hernandez, the stream jumped this particular super chat, but we love him. And it's also an apropos super chat because – Justin Simmons was w- made one of the crucial plays in this game, picking off Justin Herbert. Now, granted, it was early in the game, but the Broncos needed Justin Simmons to step up, and he did. Appreciate your support, Chris, and you are a bona fide superstar. He says it was rough, but hashtag let him hate. And, of course, he's got those threes in the hashtag, Zach, as he well should. That's right. That's why we invented
3: this hashtag chat. That's why we sell the shirt at huddleuppod.com. It's just for that very reason. Everyone who should have been locked in before the season should be locked in right now and should be locked in even when he has a bad game. This is the power that he can bring to the table when he's managed and coached
2: correctly, and this is what he can do. So hang in there, and those who are still hating, let him hate. It doesn't matter. Indeed, and we've got Dennis Woods, another one of our longtime listeners and superstars up there in the fine state of Michigan Who's saying pay Lindsay? Pay him, oh, damn God it! Him. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say it, Chad. <laughs> pay them, man, and hey, we we echo that, my friend. It's it's just so obvious and apparent. Yeah, seven
3: hundred and fifty thousand dollars he's making this season. Melvin Gordon's making eight million. That's a
2: discrepancy. How ridiculous is that? I mean, that this was an issue that we harped on quite a bit during the off season, and I think for a lot of fans, it got to a point where you know we were kind of flogging a, a dead horse, as it were, but. Man, the fact that he's making so much more than Phillip Lindsay. I mean, I can think of one. No, I'll say, I'll, I'll say three plays that Melvin Gordon has made this, this season that were noteworthy. One of them, the over-the-shoulder catch in the end zone, uh, what was it, week two or three? I don't remember. I think it was week two, actually. Yeah, I think it was from Jeff Driscoll, in fact. The uh, 41-yard touchdown against the Jets that put the icing on the cake for the Broncos, and then that play to extend on third down today. Other than that, you know, he's pretty nondescript. Uh, Zeus McPeak, love you, my friend. The first visage etched up on the MHH Mount Rushmore longtime superstar. He says, a tale of two halves. Geez. Yeah, if you didn't know any better, man, it really – this is one of those games. This was almost Tebow-esque in terms of how bad it was in the first half. And just – I mean, the only difference being that with Tebow, sometimes it would take all the way till the final five minutes before you would see any spark or movement. In this case, the Broncos did get it going in the third quarter, but – Zeus, you're right, man. A tale of two halves. Yeah, and
3: that's a team, that a young team that made adjustments. And this is what we always harp on, Chad, situational coaching. And the Broncos in the first half were looking like a completely hapless team on all sides of the ball. Even defense was a little leaky. On the second half, obviously, the offense stepped up, but the defense was playing better. They forced a key turnover. Uh, They contained Herbert a little more, I believe, and they just looked like a much better team, and I believe that started with the coaching staff. This is what we've been saying about Fangio. Get in there. Take control of your guys. Be a coach for all three sides of the ball, and I think you'll see a better result. There's no question that's how you improve. I'd rather the Broncos finish strong
2: than start strong and end weak. All right, we've got uh, a... Let me see here real quick. I want to make sure it's from AJ Zillinger, a longtime listener of the show. We'll grab him next, but first we got to grab this extremely generous super from Pobby who, you know, Pobby has been going through a lot of stuff in her personal life. We won't gush and, you know, spill the beans on everything she's battling on her side of things, but she can't be in every single stream. But when she's in a stream, she is not only participating in the conversation, but she's supporting MHH and with gusto and, Bobby, I hope you know how much you mean to all of us here, and not just to Zach, myself, John, and all the pod hosts, but to the community. We love you. We appreciate you. And this kind of support, this level of support, it just stuns us, and we just appreciate it so much. And we, there's really – we can't say it enough. We, there's nothing more we can say. It just means so much to us. And, Zach, she says, this is for number 30 and number three. Love the second half comeback. What a win. Go Broncos.
3: Yeah, first of all, Glenn in the comments says, Pobby equals all-star human being, and Pobby, absolutely, thank you so much. Words can't really express how much we appreciate it. It's not just word salad. We're not just diarrhea mouthing here. We are so appreciative and so grateful for any bit of support, even just comments, even just interaction. But to go that above and beyond, show that level of commitment, no words. Just know that we forever are indebted and grateful
2: to you really really means a lot. Now real quick, let me yeah. grab this one from AJ who says, "Did you guys see that cat what Cowherd, Colin Cowherd tweeted at the half?" I'm taking a quick look here, guys, and I'm seeing I think I know what he's talking about. Yeah, let me pull this up real quick so everybody can see this. We'll uh we'll, we'll look at this together because for those of you who can remember, Cowherd was a guy who was tapping Drew Locke to be the pop quarterback in 2020. He said quote, this was at halftime, watching Justin Herbert and Drew Locke on the same field today, can't give John Elway much confidence going forward. Zach, so that's him trying to kind of fall on the sword himself, eat his own crow uh, in terms of, you know, maybe I was wrong about Drew Locke. But, again, it was rash. It was too soon. It was too soon. And, Chris, appreciate that. Thank you, my friend. And he says, for Poppy, love you, Chris. 24 year veteran of the Air Force by the way, bona fide superstar. But Zach, what do you think of Colin Cowherd's comment?
3: I mean, I mean, just at freezing cold takes. That's what Colin Cowherd does. He he puts at one opinion out there which praises Drew Lock and he puts one opinion out there that bashes him. It's plausible deniability. That's what those clickbait artists do and those hot take artists do. They always want an out. I don't care what Colin Cowherd says. I don't care what Adam Rank says. I don't care what anybody says. I know what my eyes tell me. I know how Locke played today, and that's all that matters.
2: Levi, getting in. Jeez, Louise, you guys are just on fire tonight. Thank you so wow. much, Levi. Thank you, Levi. And Levi's a guy who's relatively new to the live streaming aspect of what we do here at Mile High Huddle, and you know, the last month and a half or so, I would say, and you've just already established yourself as a, as a bona fide superstar, and you mean a lot to us. And uh, it all helps keep the lights on here at Mile High Huddle, especially on YouTube. So thank you, my friend. Much love to you. And then, John, real quick here, I want to grab this one from, uh, let me see. Oh, from Drew. I don't want to skip Drew. He says, uh, appreciate you, Drew. He says, buy some swag, Drew H, buy some swag." He says, Alexa, play me some young Jeezy. That's my QB. Lock, lock. This game made me want to go find my old Tebow jersey. The way this thing finished, Zach, it was so similar to the Tebow-esque miracles of 2011.
3: Yeah, and that's they didn't need any you know, debatable miracle. They didn't need any arguable play. That was a touchdown on KJ Hamler. That was a no doubt about a drive by Drew Locke. That was pass interference in the end zone. The Broncos just put their big boy pants on and they played better than the Chargers in the second half. Drew Locke rose to the occasion. You can pick apart his performance. You can nitpick it. You can criticize it. The fact of the matter is Drew Locke won that game for Denver. He beat Justin Herbert face to face.
1: This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. That's why the thumbnail says Drew Locke won, Justin Herbert zero. Right. It did
2: take a village in terms of, you know, Drew Locke needed some help and encouragement from Philip Lindsay to spark that comeback. <clears throat> but without Drew Locke back, there's the trigger man at the end. Do you move the ball on those three different touchdown drives? I'm not sure that you do. So. Levi, here's another super from him. Thank you, my friend, Jesus Louise. He says, wow. "I've never given up hope on Locke, but he has to be more consistent." And Zach, that is something that we agree with. You want to yeah. see that version of Locke that you saw in the in the second half? You want to see that consistency.
3: Yeah, and that's why I'm the first to say, as happy as I am about this game, it it doesn't exonerate him from his previous game or his, his flaws this season. He still has a long way to go as a quarterback, but this was a resilient bounce back. This was exactly what you wanted to see. Not only did the Broncos win, he capped off a comeback victory in the fourth quarter in crunch time, in the clutch moments. That's where the great players rise up. He has a long way to go. I would not dub him a franchise quarterback just yet, but he's on that track. It's a process and he's getting there.
2: And, you know, and that's one of the things that we've said consistently on this podcast though, is that, look, he's got franchise tools. All right. He's just got to put it all together. And maybe tonight is the first step in that direction. I mean, I guess I would say that four and one start to his career as a rookie was the first step. And maybe tonight can be that second step that can allow him to pick him So pick up some momentum, drew lock, uh, or excuse me, Huang Ji, jumping in. Appreciate you, my friend. Uh, he says, Drew Locke, baby, <clears throat> pumped as you know what about Drew Locke. And then, of course, the appropriate emojis that we're all familiar with. Really appreciate that, my friend. And then also Bison MZAC, he says, you have a bad first half and come back down 21 in the second. You are the guy. Go Broncos. So that tweet, it, I wouldn't say it was prescient for my part, but it was pretty much stating the obvious, which was on that final possession, down six, two and a few you know two and a half minutes whatever it was if drew lock can drive and get a touchdown he earns back uh, most of that cachet in Broncos country that he lost Zach it feels like he's he did just that and he did and this is
3: again this is what you want to see from a young quarterback and you want to see how he's tested and how he bounces back and again we can keep harping on this victory it's it is one singular victory it doesn't exonerate him like i said. But the fact that Broncos country has a means to celebrate, the fact that Broncos country is lifted right now and encouraged right now, that is the most important aspect of how this season is shaping up. Because, again, it doesn't matter necessarily about wins or playoffs. It matters about Drew Locke's development, whether he can be the guy for 2021 and going forward. And based on this game,
2: the answer is more yes than it is no. Mr. Castillo, jumping in, appreciate you, my dog. He says, this is why football is the best sport in America. And Zach, that is definitely something that I would concur with 100%. Football, you know, as a, as a youngster myself, um, football was always my favorite sport. I wasn't the best at football. My best sport as a, as a kid and and, and in high school was basketball, but there's something about the game of football that I just think there's a reason why it is King. And today was a good example of a good, a good, the Broncos chargers game today was a good microcosm on why america has now vaulted the nfl it's king above all else
3: yeah it's it used to be baseball i mean not in my generation maybe my father's generation but it's no longer america's pastime chad i mean football is king and you can put a pandemic you can put bad play you can put injuries it's never going to stop the american public from consuming football and you and i can attest and every commenter can attest we were all
2: glued to our tvs tonight that's the power of football Speaking of north of the 49th parallel, we have here Terry Randall. Everybody knows Terry, bona fide superstar. Love you, my friend. He says, hashtag state of being, hashtag the final countdown. Good to see you, Terry. And again, coming off your birthday week last week. Hope you had a great birthday. Uh, Justin Ansel jumping in, Zach, to say, and thank you for the super. Went from a deep depression in the first half to absolutely on top of the world, especially being in California. These tight ends are going to be scary, and then it cuts him off, but he goes on to say, and Drew just needs reps. Zach, this is something we've been saying, time on task, time on task, time on task. I mean, it's common
3: sense. It's beyond common sense. That's any young player needs time. Any young player needs nine starts, or at least nine starts, if not way more, to judge him accurately, and especially for quarterbacks, and especially for raw quarterbacks. Locke fits every one of those those boxes, and you have to give him more than nine starts. And you're seeing if you just give him experience and reps. And like, as you say, time on task, good things will happen. It's It's common sense. It's fundamental.
2: Mark Langley, I'm not sure what you mean by this. Uh, appreciate you on the super. He says, what's up, my guys? Does Perna get a 20% discount for the Manscaped promo? Of course he does. Yes, go, guys, right now. Support the sponsors that support this podcast. Go to manscaped.com, use code HUDDLE, and get yourself 20% off and free shipping. And I think he would be, of course, Perna gets that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. of course he would get it, my friend. Uh, Seth James Damore jumping in, a name we don't recognize on Super Chat. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. He says 22 for number 22, Kareem Jackson. That hit on Pope put a statement back into the Denver D. We needed that hit to warn every team moving forward. Don't mess with the Broncos. We're coming with a tenacity moving forward. And definitely once Phillip Lindsay sparked that 55-yarder, you know, it wasn't perfect from the Broncos defense, Zach, but Kareem Jackson was out there set in the tone.
3: Yeah, I mean, he knocked out AJ Boyer, but he, he was a little, he was a little aggressive, but you like to see that. I'd rather see over aggression than under aggression. And that fit the complexity of the head coach. It seemed like Vic Fangio was very passive as normal in the first half and he was pasting. He was bloody nose, no face shield. He was a different pissed off coach in the second half. And the team, the offense and the defense took on that complexity. That's an encouraging sign going forward. If they can play aggressive and pissed off us against the world, that's the Broncos football I've come to know.
2: Carlos Oliva, who has become a bona fide superstar for uh, Mile High Huddle, love you, buddy. He says Loco es chingon." <laughs> I'm the one that always has to pronounce these. I look like a freaking idiot. Sound like, I guess, is the most more appropriate way. Always fun to get a dub. And yes, Carlos, absolutely, my friend. There was nothing. I mean, it's. <laughs> It's it's triumph, it's victory, and it was so badly needed, man. Yeah. I mean, looking ahead at what this week and the next couple of weeks probably would have looked like if the Broncos go into a shell and just don't bounce back, would have been some dark, dark days. So uh, Neil Nygaard as well, Zach, jumping in. Love you, Neil. Appreciate it. He says, I'd lost faith for a while, but I was never so excited for the future at the end of the game. Gordon had a couple of nice plays on that last drive, but play Lindsey more. And I mean, I don't know what more we need to say on that. That kind of ties into Dylan as well. Appreciate you, Dylan. B, who says, Lindsay is making that Gordon signing look like a horrible choice. Hope you guys are doing well. Haven't donated in a few months. Well, thank you, Dylan. It all adds up and it all means a lot. It's good to see you. Welcome. Hope you're doing okay. Zach, what do you think it was? Why wasn't Philip on that final? in on that final drive was it just the pass pro that melvin gordon presents like he's a better pass protector because that was one criticism i had that made me doubt that they were going to be able to close the gap there at the end was like why isn't philip Lindsay on the field i know he's not as good of a pass protector as, as mg might be but he is a spark he's a playmaker it's
3: I mean, he had a nice reception on that last drive. He was clutch, but that's why the Broncos signed him. I'm not going to hate on Melvin Gordon too much, but was that catch worthy of $8 million? Did did Philip Lindsay by far and away outplay Melvin Gordon? I think so. So he's an integral part of this offense. I still happen to believe, and I know you do as well. He's a little overpaid, Chad, Melvin Gordon. Still. A,
2: li- a little bit. Uh, Chris, just top rope after top rope. Love you, my friend. You're just blowing us away. He says, uh because I, hashtag, click those little thumbs up. Yeah, just seriously, thank you, man. You're you're going to bring a tear to my eye over here. Really appreciate you, my friend. And it's a good reminder for those of you who are with us live here or watching after the fact, give us a like. It's especially crucial on YouTube and Facebook. It's a small thing you can do. Helps us out tremendously. It's an organic way to really help us out. So thank you, my friend. Um, let me see here real quick where we're at, John. Um, I've got a few from Brian Greenfield, uh, our friend Tony, Fred Rocks. I can throw up here on the screen. In fact, let me just do that because you know what we do on this podcast. We leave no superstar out in the cold. In fact, this is a good topic from BG. Appreciate you, BG. How about Deshaun Hamilton stepping up today? Thoughts. Now, it wasn't perfect. You want to talk about an imperfect performance. He did have that one poor I can't remember what it was, illegal block above the waist or something on that Phillip Lindsey run that picked up like eight yards but then set the Broncos back behind the sticks. They ended up punting on that possession. But then he goes and makes a phenomenal play. A 40-yard lock hits him perfectly in stride. He's got nothing but but green pastures all the way to the house. What was your analysis on Deshaun in Week 8? The fact that even a, a broken clock is
3: right twice a day. I mean, it doesn't save his stock to me. I still think, you know, he's a replaceable wide receiver, and he only got this opportunity because Tim Patrick was out, and I'd rather have Patrick in the game. But I got to give Deshaun his credit. He showed last year he had good chemistry with Drew Locke, and that finally carried over this game. Um, I hope he can build off it. I'm not holding my breath, though,
2: when it comes to him. This is our friend Tony, Discount Audio and Wheels, DAW He goes by on YouTube. Appreciate you, my friend. He says... Just left the game, fellas. What a win. Drew was not good, and then boom. Hopefully the OC can learn from this. Albert O is a beast. Hamilton finally came through, and then he goes on to say, let's start stacking wins. Back to L.A. I go happy. So that's the second time that Tony has traveled from L.A. to Denver this year to be at a game. That's dedication in the face of, you know, less than stellar play the last few weeks, and it paid off for him. That would have been – what a – What an experience for that 6,000 or so fans that were there today. I mean, that would be a special memory seeing Drew Locke storm back. Very similar comeback to, in terms of overcoming the odds that Peyton Manning had in that game that was referenced earlier on that Super Chat. I'm sorry I forgot who said it, but not quite the same gap. It was 24-3, I want to say, that that Peyton overcame. 21-3 for Locke by the time he got back on the field in the third quarter.
3: Yeah, it's uh, it was it's quite the game. And, Tony, I'm glad for you personally you got to witness a victory. All of Broncos country was at that game, but I know you had to travel. I know it's been a kind of a down year. I'm so happy for you. And uh, share with us, what was the emotion of the crowd like in that game-winning touchdown? I'm sure the 6,000 fans or whatever, the limited capacity,
2: they went crazy. What was it like, though? I'd be interested to know. Let's grab Fred, Fred Rocks, 4653, a name that we – do not recognize on Super Chat. So thank you, my friend, and welcome. Uh, He says, time to eat crow on Deshaun Hamilton. Denver has a history of character players. He's underrated by MHH, and he might be underrated by us. I mean, I'll tip my cap to him. You know, he's a guy that I held out some hope for for a long time, and the Broncos telegraphed, though, what they thought of Deshaun by the fact of drafting Jerry Judy and K.J. Hamler and Tyree Cleveland this year, but I was happy. Let me just put it that way. I'm happy to see Hamilton, you know, get some get some props here and make a few plays. That 40-yard touchdown was another just badly needed big play, big strike. So, tip your cap to him. I'll eat that crow. I don't even need any sriracha. I'll eat that crow. I'm happy to see it from Hamilton. <laughs> no,
3: nah, I'm rejecting that crow. I'm not eating it just yet. I, he had one decent game. Does that really override the 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 no-show after no-show, the not diving, the not running, the lack of effort? No. Let him put together a string of good games, and then I'll eat all the crow you want me to eat. But this is not a Garrett Bowl situation. I'm not crowning him
2: based on one game. Uh, Dylan Bryant jumping in. Thank you, my friend. He says, Zach, a win is a win is a win. That's right. Hashtag go Broncos. And Zach, it wasn't perfect, but indeed, a win right. is a win is a win. And it was gut check time. They checked their gut, ended up coming out on top. I don't care if it's by 100 points or one point. I don't care if they're beating the Jets or they're
3: beating the Chiefs. I, a win is a win is a win in the NFL. And I nor the Broncos should never apologize for the Broncos getting a victory. So that's how I look at it. You're absolutely right with that comment.
2: We've got NNNHH555 jumping in with a super chat. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Welcome. And, you know, stick around. It's good to have you in the stream. He says, hello from Hawaii. Crazy game. Philip Lindsey catalyzed the offense. Good word on that pay that man. Hey man, we echo that, but yes, that Philip Lindsay 55 yarder, we've touched on it a few times here tonight. And well said, my friend, he he deserves to get paid and he deserves a lot of credit. And frankly, one of the game balls from tonight needs to go to Philip Lindsay. Uh, Ren 99 Zach says that second half is how we should have been playing yes. all year on offense. So Zach, how do you replicate it? And thank you, Ren. Thank you. And 555 How do you replicate it? Does that mean you need to start if you're Pat Shermer? going more no huddle, right? Starting to kind of speed things up tempo-wise and try and get locked into a group. Yeah, up tempo, no huddle. Any, I would sit Drew Lockdown if I'm Pat Sherman,
3: I'm Mike Shula, I would sit him down at the table and be like, listen, what are the plays you feel most comfortable with? Tell us your favorite plays, tell us the plays you don't like and cut down the playbook for a young quarterback, but stay aggressive, use the middle of the field, get all the weapons involved hopefully Tim Patrick comes back next week, you have Philip Lindsay making plays, just keep doing what you did in the second half, I was saying to myself watching the game, where was this Broncos team the last couple of weeks? Where was this Broncos team in the first half? I hope next week and going forward we get the Second half, Denver team, not the first half, but to just to stay on playing loose, I think is my biggest key to victory. Don't play tight. Don't play scared. Don't play conservative. Don't play like you're afraid to make mistakes. Go out there and cut loose, and you'll have success.
1: This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
0: Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site
1: changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent,
2: Take some encouragement, some confidence in knowing you made it to the top of the mountain. Go out there and play like it. Virgil Sparta, another name. So many newer names that we don't recognize on Super Chat tonight. Just jumping in. Yeah. Love you guys. Thank welcome. you and welcome. He says, does Virgil. Man, it's almost like the Broncos – it's almost like Broncos fans can't have fun. This chat is depressing. Coming back is important. He threw the pick, then came alive. Let's go. I don't know. Maybe some of the other chats are are less um, – you know, less appreciative of how that game turned. But all the super chats, superstars tonight have have called it like it is. And that is focusing on the positive, focusing on the triumph, and focusing on the fact that Zach, the the will it took to overcome that hole that they were in and just that bad juju, it was noteworthy and to me, told me more about Drew Locke than the actual physical throwing of the ball and making of the play. The fact that he could overcome that between the years and with his heart, I mean, that just tells me everything. Yeah. I
3: mean, some fans, Broncos fans included, some people just will never be happy. They're always going to complain about something. Law could have went 20 for 21 for 400 yards and four touchdowns. They'd be complaining, why wasn't he 21 for 21? Broncos fans, like the Broncos themselves, have to learn how to win also. It's been too long. They've been irrelevant for too long. So fans have to come around to to understand and grasp what a comeback victory means for this team, for a young quarterback. It was the Chargers. They have a history of kind of collapsing under the weight of themselves. But the Broncos still won the game. They still came back, and Locke came back, and won that game for them in the last play. So that's what I take out of it. That's what I take going forward.
2: And let's not forget, and by the way, I love this from Smith Corona, one of my favorite lines in all of sports movies, all time. <laughs> major League. Yep, uh, I say screw you, Joe I do it myself. <laughs> Heck yeah, uh, Pedro. That Serrano, was the best maybe. one too. The best Major League too. Oh yeah, no, undoubtedly, far and away. I'm I'm a I'm a Gomer. I admit, but like when when uh, Ricky Vaughn comes out at the end and Wild Thing comes on in the final game against the Yankees, I still get. St- goosebumps just because I'm such a sports nerd and it's just such a phenomenal moment. And it's a goofball movie, but it's just strike, stri- a- strike this out. <laughs> <That way>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. oh, I love that one. We, we could go down the rabbit hole on major league here, but uh, well said Smith Corona lock in the yeah. second half. Probably. Yeah. I mean, the, the football gods weren't helping him and he took care of business himself and uh JJ Jordan Johnson. And, and this is a guy Zach who has been a long time listener. He, Supports the cause. He's a five-star reviewer for us on Apple Podcasts, and he supports the merch store every way around. He's an MHH guy. And, Jordan, we love you. Give our best to your girls and to your family and really appreciate your generosity, my friend. He says, Locke outplayed Herbert. Locke showed true leadership in that final two minutes. Great game. Yes, and we were we were harping on look, You know, Locke needs to show emotion during the halftime stream, Zach. We were talking about he needs to show some spark, some fire, and he did at the end. And that's the one thing I'll say about Justin Herbert. You guys have heard me say it before on this podcast. One of the things that turned me off about him as a prospect, phenomenal talent. I mean, he's as talented physically as any quarterback in the league, but he doesn't ever, you never see him fired up. You never see him and when you get him in front of a mic, maybe it's changed now that he's a pro. I haven't watched one of his pressers for a while, but he's just very kind of almost shy, inward um I don't know what's what what's the word. Um I'll just say shy. It's just and I don't know how that translates, Zach, from a leadership perspective. And meanwhile, Locke, you know, he's, he's dancing around out there as he's making plays. And it was not, still in doubt, but he's out there having fun and loose. You got to like seeing that.
3: But it wasn't to me. It wasn't Locke versus Herbert. It was the Broncos versus the Chargers. The Chargers weren't looking at this game like, oh, it's our ver- quarterback versus their quarterback. I hope ours is better. There was two quarterbacks, young quarterbacks going head to head for the first time and Locke prevailed Locke was the victor and i don't think he outplayed herbert just like herbert didn't outplay Locke, i think the broncos in the end outplayed the chargers and that's the most important thing i keep saying they can't look to the chiefs they can't look to the raiders they can't look to the chargers to decide their quarterback plan they have to be specific to denver and we're we're following that process as
2: we go along the princess of mhh has already weighed in now we got the queen, KR, jumping in. Miss Christie, appreciate you, my friend. She says, Locke is the man looking much better. Locke is my QB. Yeah, I mean, that's a good example, Zach, of he needed to win back some cachet within Broncos country, some trust, and I think that final two quarters earned back quite a bit. Maybe not for everybody, maybe not all the way. lay. But it should have for most people.
3: I hope even for the, the harshest lock detractors, it bought him a second chance in their eyes. It bought him another week's worth of, okay, let's see what he can do. He had one bad game versus Kansas City. He came back and had a good second half against the Chargers. Let's see what he can do going forward. I hope for even the most staunchest lock haters, they can see, like, listen, this
2: guy isn't as bad as we think he is. We got Mr. Castillo jumping in. Thank you, my friend. He says, the defense really missed Mike Purcell today, and it was clear why he got the extension. Zach, for a a quick second, I know we're already approaching the one-hour mark, and we've got so many superstars stacked up, but I want to just take a second here. This is a good segue opportunity to talk about the fact that Vic Fangio's rushing defense allowed over 200 yards on the ground today. In fact, the final Butcher's Bill, the Chargers rushed for 210 yards on the road in Denver And, yeah, Mike Purcell, his absence was felt keenly. I know that Sylvester Williams, he was in there quite a bit, number 73. And, again, give the man back his number. Give him back 92. If he's going to stick around for a while. Jonathan Harris is on some injured, you know, non-football illness reserve list. He's not using 92. Give it to Sylvester Williams, not only a former first-round pick of this team, but starting on two Super Bowl uh, rosters for the Denver Broncos and one of the heroes from Super Bowl 50 – Give the man back his number 92, but getting back to it, Zach, Mer- Mike Purcell being gone from the, from the middle there, yes. I mean, there's just not enough girth, all right? I don't want to start a new hashtag trend in, the, in the chat stream, but there's not enough girth in the middle there. And I was really disappointed, to be frank with you, in the performance of both a- uh, A.J. Johnson and Josie Jewell in terms yeah. of their run fits as well. Josie Jewell had a really, I don't want to say bad game, but he was caught out
3: of position a few times, and he still has deficiencies as even a, a run-stuffing linebacker. Though the defensive line, Purcell's absence did hurt, but Deshaun Williams stepped up. Shelby Harris was Shelby Harris. And let's give some credit to Draymond Jones. This guy is going to be a stud, and this guy is going to make Jarrell Casey expendable. So as as disappointing as the run defense is without Purcell, Sylvester Williams they have, they have Darius Kilgo, they have Deshaun Williams, and also a Jeem. I mentioned this a week ago. It's time for him to step up and get some playing time. So going forward, the sum of all their parts should be able to at least equal to one Mike Purcell. But the rest of the defensive line, the pass run, DeMarcus Walker had a great game today, Chad. He was flying around the football. I think that was his best game as a pro. I know he had a two-sack game last year, but his run defense, he was flying around with energy.
2: Finally let out of the doghouse. I hope he stays out now. Indeed. Craig Patterson jumping in. Thank you, my friend. He says, I'll take micro, medium rare, please. I'm happy to have been wrong. Hey, you know, Zach and I, if you guys were with us on the halftime rapid reaction stream, you know, we were expressed our doubts. We were worried because Locke was just lifeless. There was nothing there. There was just nothing there from that offense. And meanwhile, Herbert comes and scores twice to end the second quarter. It was looking dark. But again, we tried to keep some perspective saying, look, you know, the next two quarters are going to tell us a lot about Locke, about Shermer, about the heart of this team. And they did. And it really did And It was the right answers, the type of answers we were looking for. Carlos, appreciate you, my friend. He says, patience, let the offense grow a lot of youth. Well said. And then we've got one here, John, real quick, a very generous one from James Korosek and James. I just noticed as well, a follow on Twitter. So we're connected. We'll be shouting you out after the show. So thanks my brother. He says, uh, Wow, this finish saved Drew Locke's career. The Broncos season and my fan duel account. Confidence is everything with Drew. Well said, Zach.
3: Yeah, and that's how he operates. He he's really um, he, he goes on the vibe of the team. And you saw what he did after that touchdown to Hamler. He was subtly dancing. It wasn't rapping Jeezy on the bench, but he was just brought out a subtle dance move. He shows his personality. He loves the game, he loves playing quarterback, he loves being out there. And tangibly and intangibly, it was an encouraging performance that I think a lot of Broncos fans can resoundingly
2: agree on. We got Chris Dio 44. Appreciate you. He says, I held I held strong since the first. I saw a lot of scared people there at four quarters. Uh, there are four quarters in a football game at, and then he has three very apropos uh, emojis. We all, we all know what it means. <laughs> appreciate that. John, I know you got a few stacked up on your side. Let's throw them on the screen. Zach, for the first time in the history of the Huddle Up podcast, I'm a little bit worried if, that we're going to be able to get to every single super uh, super chat tonight. I mean, it's it is prolific. Good Tom, problem to have. It yeah, indeed. Thank you, you guys. I mean, you're blowing us away. Yeah. He says I predicted 27, 24 Broncos uh, close. Not bad, Hey, eh, guys? Yeah, well done. You were you were dang close, my friend. I think I want to say the over under was like was it 41, 42, something like that. So uh, yeah, that definitely went over today. And it took a Broncos gut check, come from behind, you know, emotional romp to get it done.
3: I know you predicted a win. What was your final
2: score? I had 2013 Denver. I'm trying to Do remember. You know- here. Uh, hold on. Let me see. Um, sometimes, you know, I, all these digits and all the different things I I, <laughs> I can't remember. I'll tell you right now, though. I got it up. I predicted Broncos uh, 23-17 is what my prediction was. So closer than mine. Uh, JL Avenger. Good to see you, my friend. Uh, I want to say, yeah, Costa Rica. Good to see you, my dog. Love you. Appreciate you. He says lock and load it as it was expected. My pleasure to help you Denver Broncos for life from Costa Rica. And by the way, JL Avenger, it'd be good to probably have you on the podcast one of these days. I know we've talked about it a few times and uh, during the season, it's a little bit harder for Zach and I to get, uh, have the superstar segments, but in the near future, we'd like to work you on and have you come on the show. So thank you for the support, my friend.
3: Yes. And Broncos Country Chad, say it. It's a hashtag. Let state them be. baby. No, <laughs> state <laughs> of being,
2: Chad. Come okay, on. Okay. Come, Come on. on. Set I you screwed up. That one up. I screwed <laughs> it up. Uh, indeed, state of being. All right, John, are you good? There's a few more on my side I can throw up here. Uh, I'll grab. Uh, okay. Uh, let me grab real quick. Owen. We got Owen Walters jumping in. This is just unprecedented. The love that we're seeing and the, the pure just. Joy from Broncos country. Love you guys. Thank you so much. This is Owen. Zach. And he says, I think a big part of this is our line yet again. As soon as Bosa went out, things start to turn. I love Locke. I'm not a fan of our line. It's killing us. And Zach, we talked about this during the halftime stream. And then a little bit afterwards privately, but you do have to wonder how much not having Mike Munchak on the field because he's in the protocol. He tested positive a few days ago, um, affected, Garrett Bowles regressing on the penalty side of things and some of the pressures. I mean, the Chargers were able to affect Locke quite a bit at different points, including in the in the second half. Locke just did a better job of withstanding it and navigating the pocket and doing what he should have done, stepping up, moving only when he has to uh, late in the game. But you got to think, I, I we're not big believers in coincidence, and the fact that Mike sure. Munchak wasn't on the field today should tell you a lot.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm a little worried though about Garrett Bowles' possible regression now because this is where the first domino falls and he when he went back to being Garrett Holds, it could be all downhill from here. I hope not. But on the positive side, Slopman looked a lot better filling in for uh Glasgow today. So that was encouraging. And the offensive line, I think they held their own pretty well. That Chargers defense, that front seven's pretty stout, but it's his second game, Chad Locke, with um uh, DeMar Dotson at right tackle. So the line needs time to gel. They need time to come together, and I thought they held up pretty well,
2: minus some penalties and some pressure they initially let up. Um This is from Ryan Steinhauer. Appreciate it. He says it was the O-line in the first half, not lock. Yeah, the O-line really struggled, and it wasn't all lock Lock was bad, but the, the offensive line struggled in pressure, and they could not open up a hole. Now, in their defense, I want to say it was seven designed runs in the first half, but at the same time, Zach – so many three and outs, you know, you can't get a full drive going. You can't get an O-line. Right. It just goes to show, again, you know, football is, is the sum of its parts, and it takes those parts all working in unison to really, you know, create consistency. Deshaun uh, Barubi jumping in. Thank you, Deshaun. He You're says, welcome. I love how, when the Denver Broncos were down in the game, how focused Drew Locke was. You can see it in his eyes. What do you think the Broncos can do to get Drew to, and then he goes on to say, uh, keep that type of focus all the time? I don't know, Zach. I think there's something about the hate, the the criticism, the doubt that fuels Drew Locke. And so if you're Drew Locke and you're Pat Shermer and you're Mike Shula, you're trying to figure out how to artificially create that emotional environment for Locke on a week-in, week-out yeah. basis. And, you know, maybe some of that is reminding him, Hey, man, you should have been a first-round pick. You weren't. You ended up in round two. Let's go show him today. Come up with some kind of a ritual, something to get him in that mindset, the same kind of mindset that you know Aaron Rodgers had, dropping all the way in the first, and any young quarterback, or even the same like Philip Lindsay, going undrafted, the whole me against the world, I'll show him something.
3: Yeah, and it's, it's funny here that Ben Lee said the booze were the motivating factor. But, you know, he, he hears the criticism, Drew Locke. He's a big team first player, but he wants to succeed for himself as well. Uh, you know, intangibly, the confidence factor, like you just mentioned, that plays a part. But also, Pat Shermer's play calling in the second half was night and day better than it was in the first half. He was taking advantage of Locke's strengths. The Philip Lindsay touchdown helped to kind of like revitalize the team. But down the middle of the field, getting the ball into Judy's hands, and letting him run, letting him get rack up that yak. Getting the ball to Alberto in the end zone, it's better play calling. If they play loose and they play aggressive, they don't play scared and timid, they will have success.
2: You'll see a lot more of the second-half Broncos than the first-half Broncos. Carson says, appreciate the super, by the way, Carson. Don't start booing too early now. Drew Luck. well said. Um, we got Malachi. Love you, buddy. He says, the game, that game was ridiculous. There's no reason we should have won uh, that other than Hart. Yeah, I mean – they 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 were the they they were the team that had the most resolve. What was the other words that someone used? I forget the name though. But poise, resilience, the Broncos had it and the Chargers failed. Yep, the the
3: Broncos rose up and the Chargers imploded and that's the sign of a good team and a bad team right there. And the Broncos, uh you know, you can look at their record, you can look at the Chiefs game, you can look at some of their other losses this year, the
2: Bucks game, they are a lot better than people would indicate or realize or admit to. I just got to say Chris Hernandez, I love wow. you, buddy. 90s punk rock guy like me, a skate punker and diehard Broncos fan and a bona fide MHH supporter. Much love to you, dog. Um, Jess, CO13 Sports, love you, buddy, too. He says, I believe in you. I believe in you guys. And Kareem Jackson, KO. <laughs> yeah, indeed. I love seeing uh, Kareem Jackson mixing it up. You know, it reminded me of that hit where he knocked out AJ you know, it's like Kareem uh, Jackson trying to replicate Steve Atwater in Super Bowl thirty two <laughs> where he knocked everybody out, including himself.
3: Kareem Jackson could probably expect a a FedEx envelope from the league office for that. It looked like it was helmet-to-helmet, but I think it was shoulder pad-to-helmet. Either way, though, he was kind of headhunting there. I like the tone he sets. I want to see that Kareem Jackson. And, Chad, after he knocked him out, he was, like, flexing and bragging and screaming. I love that nasty type of defense. I want a bunch of a-holes on defense. I want the aggressors. I don't want the the defensive guys, literally and
2: figuratively. Uh, Ridge Stimson jumping in. Thank you, Ridge. And uh, welcome. Make sure you reach yeah. out. If you're one of our newer Super Chat superstars just jumping in tonight, make sure you connect with Zach and I on Twitter so that we can shout you out after the fact, something we like to do after each podcast. But Ridge says, low-key, digging the curl routes in the first half and could tell the offense was starting to find itself even before the second half. Locke started uh, starting to slowly figure it out, still got some growing to do. Well said, man. And I think, Zach, that was – we touched on it in the halftime stream, but clearly – Pat Shermer from a schematic perspective was working more underneath stuff and yeah. emphasizing to lock to go through his progressions. And it didn't work out well for him in the first half, but it started coming together in the second. It's just
3: so elementary. Curl routes, slants, ends, crossers. These are all the things we've been begging for. And I still want to see more uh, ingenuity. I still want to see more creativity. But it was a promising second half from Pat Shermer after looking like the first half. I was calling for his firing, Chad. I know I have for a while, but that first half was a fireable effort or lack thereof from Denver, he turned it on the second half, and it's no coincidence you call proper plays for locking this offense, you call simple plays, high-percentage plays, good things will
2: happen. Brandon Reagan, appreciate you, Brandon, jumping in on Super Chat. Thank you, Brandon. He says, I've been watching almost every day. Great job, everyone. Hamilton stepping up. Didn't see that coming, LOL, or did see that coming, LOL. Big O coming along. Albert O, yeah. Albert O, definitely – you know, he's – I was glad to see him get that butt inbounds, right, that rear end right. for that touchdown. It was good to see him finally hit paydirt with with his his old college quarterback. Yeah, and that's
3: encouraging going forward. He finally held on to the pass. He didn't drop it, and he's going to be a factor. I think his development is a little uh, more microwaved than I was expecting going forward. And when they get those two tight end sets on the field, when you see Albert Owen fan, that is a, a nightmare red zone package. You throw in Tim Patrick in there, Melvin Gordon, or Phillip Lindsay. It's going to be fun for this
2: Broncos offense. All right, we got Michael Tindori jumping in. Thank you, Michael. Reach out, connect with us on Twitter. He says Malik Reed has five sacks. <clears throat> excuse me, through the last three games, does this or does his athleticism make him Vaughn Light? Also, Chubb with five and a half sacks on this season. Um, you know, no. I Do love I Malik Reed's hustle and his and his motor, and he's doing so many things right. He's just not. I mean, yeah, I guess you could say Vaughn Miller light. But yeah, he doesn't have the same athletic gifts as Von Miller. And even like Shaquille Barrett, who went on to have but that doesn't mean you can't be productive in the league. Shaquille Barrett leaves Denver, goes and has a very productive, you know, year or so. I don't know how he's doing now. I haven't looked at his stats for a couple of weeks. But you know, you don't have to be Von Miller to be a productive edge rusher in this league. And Malik Reid's proven right. that. Uh, Malik
3: Reed is a lot better than Chicolo though, so that's that's a definite for sure. I would say Bradley Chubb is Von Miller light, and Bradley Chubb is looking like the old Bradley Chubb. Malik Reed has been a great fill-in starter. I think he can be a starter, you know, for the most part. I wouldn't say he's a future pro bowler. He's a nice guy to have on your roster, ideally a backup, but he's looking night and day better than he did last year. And for a former undrafted free agent to get five and a half sacks out of him, more than Shane Ray gave for most of his seasons, he was a first-round draft pick.
2: All right, uh, let's see, where are we at right now? Thank you, John. Lou, jumping in. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Lou Pinedo. Pinedo, appreciate you, Lou. Welcome, Lou. He Thank said, you. Props to you guys for all your hard work that you both put in week in and week out, win, lose, or draw. You guys are on point, and I love listening to you guys. And Lindsay and Locke showed what Mile High Magic is all about. Thank you, Lou. Appreciate Thank that um, in more ways than one. And yeah, Zach, that's one thing that those, that, That's a a nice little alliteration there that is so appropriate. Mile high magic. It was back tonight and the Broncos needed it badly when was the last time we
3: almost came close with that uh, case kingdom to Demarius Thomas against the chiefs, that that would have been the mile high magic. I can't remember the last time I felt this way. And you said it perfectly. Those butterflies in a good way, were back and, and that adrenaline was pumping and ended not with the Broncos loss, not with a crushing Broncos defeat, but an exhilarating Broncos win. I can't remember the last time. And I
2: know for at least for me, I'm enjoying this. Mark Langley jumping in again. Thank you, Mark. Love you, bro. He says, what's up my guys. <clears throat> That's what crack does for a troll. The dude is a beast, number 23. And Zach and I, uh, and Zach, I agree. I need to see more from Locke, but what a comeback. I'm not sure what crack does for a troll. The dude is a beast. I'm not sure what he's getting out there. Maybe there was something in the chat I missed. I don't know, but love you, Mark. And yes, it was encouraging to see that from Locke. That should answer and assuage a lot of the concerns Broncos fans have, but we still need to see more, and you're going to get more. The guy, he's the starter for the next nine games.
3: Yeah, and this is not the last victory with Locke. He will have better passing stats, but what he showed today bought him a lot of, uh, at least more goodwill than he
2: had last week. Now, Zach, we're sitting here at, at uh, an hour 15, and there's a lot of stuff that I got to get working on at milehighhuddle.com to cover the aftermath of this game. So let's rapid fire these remaining superstars. We don't want to leave anyone out in the cold. We never have before. So let's try and rapid-fire these. And Ron Dubb, it's good to see you, my friend. It's been a minute, but we love it when you're in the stream because you always bring the good questions and points and topics. He says, hey, guys, this game is proof that Philip Lindsay should get paid. Awesome comeback. What do you think the future holds for Hamilton? The chemistry is there, but he needs to be more consistent. Denver Broncos for life. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone should get too far out over your skis over Hamilton. Um, But – Tip your cap to him for, for having himself a game and contributing to a big win. You know, I'm I with how much the Broncos invested elsewhere at wide receiver, I'm not going to read too much into it. Now, let's see Hamilton have another couple of games like this. And the other yes. thing I'll say, Zach, is without Tim Patrick on the field, they needed another guy to kind of emerge, and you saw that from Hamilton. Judy had a good day receiving. I mean, if we're looking at the numbers here for your Denver Broncos, let me just run through this real quick. Hamilton, five receptions, or excuse me, five targets, four receptions, 82 yards in that touchdown. Judy, four receptions on 10 targets, 73 yards. And then, of course, Hamler, only three targets, but he caught all three, 13 yards, and the game-winning touchdown. Albert Okaway Boonham, one reception. It was for nine yards and a touchdown. And then uh, Noah Fan you'd want to see this improve. Um, But still, seven receptions on nine targets, 47 yards. So, He did a good job, I think, Zach, did did Drew Locke, distributing the ball to everybody. And, you know, good to see Hamilton. I'm not going to read too much into it, but let's see him stretch a few games like this.
3: Right, I agree with that. But let me just throw this out there. What is Tuesday, the NFL trade deadline? And Hamilton's value probably will never be higher than it is right now. I still don't think he's a savior at wide receiver. I still think he's a jag to end all jags. But in place of Tim Patrick with some of the other players still learning the ropes like Hamler and Jerry Judy, I think it was an encouraging performance, but I'm not you know, giving him a pass for the lack of effort or not diving for a ball or slowing up on a ball or dropping a pass. He needs to be more consistent,
2: and then I will eat the crow, but only until then. We got Corey H. jumping in. Thank you, Corey. Good to see you, by the way. He says, Bosa being out was big. But the overall point is that Drew, with a little bit of protection, is huge. He was night and day with one extra second to set and throw. Everyone take note. Indeed, that was a, you know, football gods dished him out a little bit of a blessing and Bosa getting, going out like that. Yeah. But, you know, don't at the same time, you know, give Drew Locke his props. Like the old line did play right. better in the second half, but Drew Locke improved his play. He trusted his protection a lot better in the second half, and he, and he reaped the rewards.
3: And you know what? The Broncos haven't had Cortland Sutton or Von Miller, but other teams, you know, saying the same thing about their victory. I don't care about Bosa being out. The Bron- There's other Chargers players on the field that were talented as well, and the Broncos beat the Chargers on the last drive of the game. That is the most important aspect. I'm not looking for excuses. I'm not nitpicking. The Broncos and Drew Locke won this game.
2: Levi jumping in to say, send Chris and Pabby a shirt, LOL. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I mean, that's one of the things we try to do as a small – measure as a thank you as we can is you know we hope that the biggest thank you we can provide to our support on super chat is the content and continuing to bring this to you consistently and showing up and doing it day in day out but we also try small thank yous we've been doing it since we started these live streams sending a little merch out a little thank you a little hat a little t-shirt and so yes you're absolutely right on that my friend uh justin martin jumping in appreciate you he says bryce callahan another guy we haven't mentioned yet tonight zach i had a Great, crucial pick in the end zone that saved us from being down another score. Our corners are playing very well of late. You know, they uh, had a rough game today going against Williams and and Allen, I'll say. But tip your cap to Bryce Callahan because that could have been busting it wide open. You never return because that came after Locke's pick. So, yes, I I couldn't have been happier to see Bryce Callahan make that play, Zach. I was going to tweet
3: this. It might be in my drafts folder still, but Bryce Callahan has been worth every penny this season of what the Broncos paid last year. And I, I will venture to say he's been better than AJ Boye. I would venture to say he's been the Broncos best and most consistent cornerback. And this is the Bryce Callahan we saw in Chicago. And as a slot guy, Chad, he is better this year than Chris Harris Jr. Played last
2: year. I'm very impressed oh, yeah. with Bryce. Yep. If you can keep him in the, in the slot, man, he's going to thrive. That's, that's his yeah. jam. That's his wheelhouse. Uh, Tom, Love you, buddy. He says, Albert O. Catch. Wow. Yeah, man. You got that big behind in just, in, you know, right inside the boundary. And so that was definitely good to see. Thank you, Tom. Uh, John, let me see. Uh, I don't know what else we have left here, but I don't want to leave anyone out in the cold. Dave Coleman. Appreciate you, Dave. Oh, this is Dave from Georgia. He changed his handle. Good to see you, my friend. Long-time listener. Bona fide superstar. He says, wow, great win today. When we start hitting on all cylinders, we're going to be tough to beat. Yes. Zach, that's one of the imparting the messages we want to impart and leave with you guys tonight as we get ready to sign off here is the Broncos scratched the surface in the second half and showed you the talent, what it can do for you when things come together. And it just puts the onus back on the coaches to figure out how to get that level of performance out of the guys consistently. And this is something we've been saying the entire offseason that we all predicted, or at least
3: you and I did, a big year for Locke and a big year for the Broncos, maybe a 10-11 win season, um, but it could be a rough stretch starting out. It could be uh, weeks before they find their their common ground, they hit on all cylinders, but I said at least that by the end of the year, it could be like a Giants 2007 scenario where the team just gets hot at the right time, they all come together and they start clicking. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but this was one glimpse as to what the Broncos can offer on offense, we saw it last week on defense. They put those two sides of the ball together. I won't even mention special teams. It's bad every week. But just offense and defense alone, they will be a tough team to beat
2: in December. Levi again. Hey, Chris and Poppy, two shirts. Indeed, my friend. Well said. And, yes, we, uh, we will definitely be reaching out. <clears throat> and you're among them, my friend. <clears throat> you're among them. So, appreciate you. George Vandermark, talk about a Superstar. Long-time listener. Hope you're doing well. Bouncing back from the word, the bug that she'll go unmentioned. He says, even Peyton Peyton said, Locke may struggle early this season but would be good in the end. Peyton believes in Locke, and so do I. Hashtag Locke is my QB. Well said, George, and it's good to see you, my friend. Let me know how you've been doing on the other things. Uh, hope, Hope you bounce back. Based Gay says, Bosa leaving the game was huge for us. Locke had more time to do his thing. Got some bulls PTSD though with those three flags. Again, Zach, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Yes, it's. It was a good example of why you can't go saying, "Hey, the Broncos now have an elite left tackle." It it did rear its ugly head, but because it was also coincided with Mike Munchak not being there, I don't want to jump to conclusions yet on bulls.
3: I don't want to either, but this is something at least worth monitoring. I want to see if it's just a fluke or a trend going forward. Hopefully, Munchak's back in the building and. Uh, yes, BNS. I did see the block he laid on at Lindsey Touchdown. Again, he's been performing well this season. I've eaten a lot of crow on Garrett Bowles. The most I'm going to at this point, he didn't play his best game today. It doesn't make me a hater. That's a fact. It was a older Garrett Bowles kind of game, not the newer Garrett Bowles. I mm. want to see going forward which we're going to get for the rest of 2020. That's all.
2: Uh, Michael jumping in again. Thanks, my friend. He says, the only difference between Locke and Herbert right now is Herbert has Allen, and Locke is missing his sure target in Corland, That is one of the differences is a more established, I think, receiving core. But at the same time, I think if you look at what the Broncos have, there might be more upside for Locke to work with. He's just got to figure out how to tap into that with Judy and Hamler and everybody else. Excuse me, Carlos jumping in again. Thanks, buddy. He says, question on the trade deadline, offload Melvin somehow. I think you could if he wasn't making 8 million bucks this year and next year. Unless the team agrees and the Broncos agree to kind of split his
3: salary, but I think they're stuck with him this season. And uh, he did make that catch on the last drive to keep the chains moving. I think that bought him a little more tenure in Denver. I don't see him trading him, though. He is definitely still, I think it's inarguable, he's overpaid.
2: Yes, no doubt about it. All right, we got uh, Z-Dub, Zachary Smouse in the house. Love you, buddy. He says, just let him hate. Drew is our QB, and I love our community. I'm just so blessed, and we're blessed to have you, my friend. You know we love yes. you and appreciate you. Hope you're doing well. So good to see you, and enjoy this moment. Not only you, Zach, uh, but everybody in the community in Broncos country needs really needs to uh, soak this one in. Oops. Sorry, John. Um, let me grab Chris. Appreciate you, Chris G. He says, I just won 250 on FanDuel. I wanted to share some of the love. Dog, <laughs> thank you so much. Yes. Really appreciate that. Try sportsbidding.com slash mile high huddle. (laughs) And if you're into that thing and that's your jam, dude, use sportsbidding.com slash mile high huddle. And, uh, but congrats to you. He says, Love you guys. I'm a big fan from Compton, California. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. John, I I cut one off for you there, buddy, from Carlos. I don't know if you still have it at your fingertips. Uh, there he is. Appreciate you, man. He says, Thank you. Uh, thanks, y'all, for being, uh, bringing us fans together, chingones. Yes. Hey, man, it's just we're, we're all as much as fans of this whole process as you guys. And, you know, we're as addicted to this as you guys. And as long as you keep showing up, we're going to be showing up uh, week in, week out, day in, day out. But, Zach, as we start getting to the 90-minute mark here on this gut reaction. Mm, feels like five minutes. That, yeah, and the sad truth is I don't think we're going to be able to get to every single superstar tonight. So we're going to have to come up with a makeup um you know, solution to our superstars who are who are supporting the cause that we're not able to get to their question. Jason, for example, jumping in. Thank you, Jason. Thank you. I'm glad we're able to get to you and appreciate your generosity. He says, what a win today. Locke needed that mojo boost. Great win for the team emotionally. Locke shows he has the tools, just needs the coaching. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. Football priests, let them hate. Well said, my friend. And you just got to give the kid time to develop, yes. Zach. Just yes. give him time. Let it happen.
3: Be patient, guys, and those who don't want to be patient, let him hate. Don't worry about the, the, the Locke haters who jumped off the ship last week. They will stay lost at sea. Keep doing you if you support Drew Locke. Locke will keep doing him, and the Broncos will find success. Be patient. You will be
2: rewarded. Uh, Chris Meek jumping in. Thank you, Chris. Really Thank appreciate you. you. He says, uh, it was such a whirlwind today. Happy we weathered the storm. Yes, indeed. It was very uh, – the Mile High Magic was back in full effect as – um, Dave mentioned uh, Justin Gordon jumping in appreciate you Justin he says the more I watch our two tight ends the more they remind me of the way Gronk and Hernandez would terrorize defenses not just the murder part lol also <laughs> pay Lindsay hashtag Denver Broncos for life little levity never hurts thanks Justin yeah. you know Zach there's so much potential there with Fant and Alberto. now the onus is on Shermer and Locke to figure out how to get the most out of that as possible as the season marches on I swear I'm not trying to pat my own back, but I made
3: this comparison. Loosely, I said Hernandez and, and uh, Gronkowski. That's what they could be, and, and Albert O has impressed me. I thought he'd be a 2021 contributor. He's contributing now, and you have no fan who's proven this is a very lethal and deadly tight end duo for
2: years to come. It's exciting. All right, here we've got Mark Langley again, my dog. Love you, buddy. He says, Lindsay, number 30, what a beast. Sorry I got the number wrong. I called myself what a dummy. A. Nah, dude. Hey man, when we're typing, we're sometimes we're all thumbs and you know, you hit send and Oh, too late. So that happens, my friend, but uh, you know, we love you and appreciate yes. you. All right, real quick. I think we are caught up. I want to just double check here and then we'll dip on out of here for tonight. I know we did. In fact, now that I think about it, yes, we are caught up. So I want to just check real quick, a couple things. We're not going to be able to actually get to the super, uh, the actual questions themselves but there were a couple of superstars from our, our halftime rapid reaction show that I do want to shout out really quick, including Dale, one of the main MHH Mount Rushmore cats. He might not be in the gut reaction here with us tonight, but he was there at halftime, and he was dejected. He was down. He said, this offense is horrible. There's no game plan, no scheme. But Dale, it turned around, and thank goodness. Love you, buddy. Uh, There's a few that we weren't able to get to. I think it was him. Um now that I think about it, that might have been the only one. But if so, if we missed you at halftime, you know that uh, that's that's not the way we roll. Maybe uh, BG, we might have missed one from BG, talking. To, no, I think we did get BG. But nevertheless, guys, we're running out of time. We're out of time. We're at the ninety-minute mark, and as much as we love hanging out here and talking with you guys, we also have other duties we got to get to. As far as the written content, getting some videos up, it's got to be done. So, what a night, Zach! Uh, what yeah. a phenomenal win for the Broncos! What an outpouring! um, of elation and support from our community and from Broncos country. And I can't wait till tomorrow for the aftermath episode to kind of, you know, this is the gut reaction. This is the emotion. This is where things are raw, the nerves and whether it's good or bad, it comes out straight off the cuff. And so tomorrow I can't wait for the aftermath and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll take it from there.
3: Same. And you know what? I feel mentally and emotionally exhausted, but in a good way for once. It wasn't a crushing Broncos defeat. It wasn't a blowout Broncos loss. They came back and won this game. There was mile high magic today. It wasn't a championship. It wasn't a playoff game. But this is a building block for a young team. This was a statement victory for for a young quarterback. And this is something the Broncos will capitalize on. And to use a word that we had in the comment, catalyze the Broncos
2: season going forward. Very excited for tomorrow, Chuck. Yep. Good night, Gary. Good night to all of you. A reminder, guys, this is it. Get your 20% off right now, plus free shipping at Manscape.com. You get yourself a lawnmower. We both got them here. You should see the setup that we've got and all the different things that Manscape provides for dudes in terms of uh, you know keeping yourself looking good, keeping your um, hygiene where it needs to be, and smelling good as well. A lot of good stuff for, for mm-hmm. those uh, below-the-belt stuff. So nevertheless, Manscaped.com, get 20% off. Just use the code huddle. We appreciate them supporting the cause. And then also our sponsor to sports Love you. And that'll do it for tonight's episode of the huddle up podcast. Thanks to each and every one of you for being with us and Zach mile high salute to our super chat superstars and our Facebook supporters. We love ya. you. You blow us away tonight. We're just yeah. seriously floored. <clears throat> so thank you so much. Sometimes we just are at a loss for words, but thanks to each and every one of you. We're going to dip out for Zach, for John, I'm um, Chad. What am I saying here? Follow Zach on Twitter, at Kelberman NFL, myself at Chad and Jensen, our producer, John Cronenberg, at John K. M. H. H. With that being said, we'll be back here tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern, for the Aftermath episode. Can't wait to talk to you then. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We'll see you then.
3: Enjoy it, Broncos Country.
1: You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Bronco's Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children